Hi, I'm Stacy. I love chatting about how to find our callings, preferably cozied up with steaming beverages in a coffee shop. You can connect with me on social media at Stacy Summero and subscribe to StacySummero.com for a free discernment packet called How to Make the Right Choice. God's adventure awaits, my friend, and I'm thrilled you're on the journey with me. How do you like the new intro? I like it. I hope you do too. New year, new you, all that stuff. I just felt like I needed to kind of refresh it a little bit. I wanted to tell you that there is a special offer on my Patreon page. So if you visit patreon.com slash call to caffeinated, you can check out what it means to be a caffeinated crony and a caffeinated champion. You'll get free swag from my website if you join by the end of the day on December 31st. So please discern that. (laughs) Here in Virginia, it's the Summero's first Christmas as homeowners, and I am loving decorating my new house, especially gussying up our fantastically ornate 1890s organ named Chesty Bellows. Guys, he's got bows on him, okay, and lots of candles. So check him out on Instagram. This is the first year where our two-year-old really understands what it means to ask for presents from Santa. I didn't, well, I wasn't even going to do the whole Santa thing, and then Santa visited on a fire truck to our neighborhood, and that was it. We're doing Santa. So seeing his excitement and my, my one-year-old's excitement as well is so adorable. So I hope you've also been enjoying the 12 days of Christmas. At the end of today, uh, stick around for the beautiful but lesser-known Sussex Carol, which I remember from my childhood because it was featured in a Beatrix Potter movie that we owned on VHS tape. Those were the days. So you can hear that at the end of the episode. Today's episode is about avoiding overcommitment and discerning new projects. These are things that I have struggled a lot with because I just like to be busy all the time. So Melissa Grace Tablata is my awesome guest today. She is a Creighton fertility care practitioner, a marriage and family therapist, and she also leads soul core classes, which are a combination of meditation, fitness, and prayer. She's been married a year and a half. So like me, she has a lot going on that she has to balance. So we talk about discerning activities for married people, for single people, how to put boundaries around your time, prioritizing, and so much more. So I'm super excited that I got to talk out with Melissa about how to live our beautiful calls from God in a very practical rubber meets the road kind of way. And as we are moving into 2020 and making New Year's resolutions and reflecting on our lives, this is a really timely topic. But first, I just want to let you know about today's episode sponsor. Today's episode is sponsored by Delfina Rose Art. Artist Rebecca Gozinska not only juggles four children, including triplet boys, but she also creates breathtaking prints and coloring pages that will delight you and those on your Christmas list. If, like me, you celebrate all the way until the 12 days of Christmas are done. (laughs) Listeners to today's episode can enjoy 10% off their first order using the code CALL. Visit DelfinaRoseArt.com or click on the link in the show notes. Today's episode is also sponsored by the Serving the Aged Lovingly Today mission program, which is abbreviated SALT. Young women ages 18 through 40 work alongside the Carmelite Sisters for the Aged and Infirm, serving the elderly for a week. In summer 2020, there are programs in Columbus, Ohio and Dublin, Ireland. SALT is free of charge and limited spots are available. So learn more and apply at carmelitesisters.com salt program or click on the link in the show notes. All right, without further ado, let's get to my conversation with Melissa. Melissa, it's such a pleasure to have you with me on Calling Caffeinated. Thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. Are you drinking coffee right now? 
I have tea with me today. So if I was at home, I would be having coffee. But since I'm in the office, I'm having some pomegranate white tea. Ooh, that's awesome. Are you a coffee drinker or are you a tea girl? Exclusively. So I really love my coffee, especially when it's filled with French Vanilla International Delight Creamer. Um, <laughs> it's like the reason why I drink coffee. <laughs> I hear you. Um, but then I also love like really fruity teas. So anything mm. that's like pomegranate or passion fruit or anything like that, mm. I'm all in. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And you live in Miami. So do you drink them hot or do you always drink them cold since it's pretty warm there? I like them both. So if I'm at home or like right now I'm having hot tea. Um, uh, but I also love iced coffee and iced tea also. So mm -hmm. I'm kind of all over the place with my drinks. I love it. Well, you're fun to go out with cause you just, you know, you can go out for anything. <laughs> Not picky. <laughs> yeah. So Melissa, what calls have you received from God in your life so far? And what have those calls looked and felt like? Good question. Um, so many calls. I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to answer that question because there have been so many calls big and small, just day to day. What is God calling me to today? But mm -hmm. I would say the two major calls that come to mind, um, the first would be like a call to conversion. Mm -hmm. So I was raised in a, a Catholic family, but um, it was never something that I thought twice about. I wasn't practicing in any way. Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't important to me. It didn't reflect in my life. And so when I was 18, God called me to a really great um, and beautiful and challenging conversion. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it basically looked like my life being a mess and God coming in with his mercy and turning my mess into something beautiful. Um, and, and that's kind of what I feel like all of the conversions or sorry, all of the calls have looked like. It's like, I'm a mess and I'm here with my stuff and my life and trying to do what I can. Mm -hmm. And then God comes in with his mercy and takes that mess and makes it something beautiful. Yeah. Um, so call to conversion is definitely the first big one that comes to mind. And then, um, of course, another one would be when God called me into relationship with my now husband. Um, and that also looked like me being a mess. And in my mind, I thought I was ready. I thought like, I have my life totally sorted out and I'm perfectly ready for marriage and a relationship that's going to lead to marriage. Um, but after we entered into relationship, I realized how imperfect I am and how much growth that I need and how yeah. much I need God to always be calling me into deeper conversion and yeah. greater growth. Um, and so it's been beautiful and sanctifying. And I saw from the beginning of my relationship with him, how this relationship and, and now this marriage is going to be the path that leads me to heaven because it's purifying in a way that sometimes is uncomfortable, but is always beautiful and good. So um, mm. yeah, but those are like the two big calls. And then of course, like all the little day-to-day -day calls that, that God has for us. Yeah. I'm so curious. Oh, and by the way, I, when you said that uh, your call to marriage looked like you being a mess and then God or yeah, God coming in. And I said, yeah. And I didn't mean that because you're a mess. I meant that just because <laughs> we are all a mess and God is always calling each of us um, into, you know, he's, he's always coming in and saving us and showing us his ways. I'm so curious about your conversion. What did that like personal encounter look like? Because I know, I know that that's the basis really of a Christian life is that personal intimate encounter with Christ, but it's kind of, it sounds nebulous. It sounds out of reach for a lot of people. What did that look like for you? 
Yeah, so for me, God was planting seeds in my heart throughout my life. I was um, blessed to have received my sacraments. So I had some kind of um, inkling of a foundation, but I really had no concept of what it meant to be part of the church, what it meant to have faith, what it meant to believe in God, um, or that a relationship with Jesus was uh, necessary or possible. Um, so my conversion came, like there was a series of things that happened where I started becoming more introduced to the church, um, brought in like a little bit more involved in church ministries and things like that, just through invitations. Um, and then I, I saw people who loved Jesus and were involved in church. And I saw that they had this light about them that mm. I now know was the Holy Spirit within them. But I saw that they had some kind of light and joy that I didn't have and that I wanted. And it was very attractive. And so I knew like, if these people have this and they are active in church and love Jesus, then, then I want that too. Mm. Um, but the, the big major thing that shifted for me was when I read a book by Jason Everett and Kristalina Everett called yes. How to Find Your Soulmate Without Losing Your Soul. Um, I read that book when I was 18 and it's all about uh, chastity, purity, authentic love, how to um, live out beautiful relationships in the way that God has designed them to be. Mm-hmm. And all of that just made so much sense to me in contrast to the way that I had been living and experiencing relationships. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of like an instant moment of like, this is the way that I need to be living because it's so much more beautiful. Um, and now I've seen, I've seen both. I've seen relationships lived out in my own life in a completely um, ungodly way and how toxic that was for me and unhealthy. And now how beautiful uh, relationship and marriage has been when it's founded on God. And yeah. So, so cool. Um, yeah. Jason Everett, right. Yeah. Yeah. Jason ever came to my high school as well when I was, um, gosh, I guess I was about 17 and it, it really was life changing for me. I remember just, um, that was my first experience of seeing a Catholic speaker actually. And mm-hmm. it was transformative. It was just these new ideas that I'd never heard expressed that way. He is very powerful. I'll link to that book in the show notes to where people can, can buy it. Cause I know it's a good one and I know Jason does great work. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we are so blessed to live in a world where we just have so many options. I mean, mm-hmm. the possibilities for me going on Instagram and wasting my whole day or YouTube. I mean, you go down the rabbit hole, <laughs> uh, but that's, you know, it's so easy to distract ourselves and we can just end up wasting so much time. So how do you, um, how do you know when you are overcommitted, and I'm going to add another part to that as well. How do you know what's a distraction and what is not a distraction? What's your real mission? Mm. Yeah, I think for me, a good indication um, that I'm overcommitted is if I'm failing in the areas that I know that I'm already called to. Mm-hmm. So for example, I know that I'm called to marriage. I know that I'm called to be a good and holy wife for my husband. And so if I find myself being snappy or impatient or disrespectful um, or any of these things with him, then it's a good indication to me that I need to check myself and see what's going on. And it could be that I'm overcommitted and spreading myself too thin. And therefore, um, my husband's getting whatever is left over of myself at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And impatience in general tends to um, be a really good indication for me that I'm overcommitted. So if I'm getting mm-hmm. impatient with family members or friends or myself or just the car in front of me, like if I just tend to be getting uh, impatient, I know that that's an indication that I'm overcommitted and um, spread too thin. And 
right now, currently, it's really great that we're having this conversation because I'm really talking to myself um, because I know that I am overcommitted and my head spins with all of these commitments. And, um, and when I do that, I tend to do everything less well. And yes. so um, there's a quote that I love by St. Uh, Teresa of Calcutta. And I heard it on a, another podcast once and it just spoke so deeply to me and where I am and how I struggle with this. And um, she said, the devil will tempt good people with many good things so that they do so many good things that they're not doing the one thing that they're called to do well. Wow. Um, <laughs> and I just feel like that is my life in a sentence <laughs> Yes, in this, in this topic because I, I want to do all the good things, yes. but then I'm not doing the actual thing that God's calling me to do well at all because you can't do anything well when you're, when you're trying to do everything. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Yeah. So lists really help me organize myself with that and organize like the mess of my brain and my commitments. Um, and so I'm really like a journaling lists, writing out type of person. Mm-hmm. Um, so every few months when I'm feeling overwhelmed, I'll grab my journal, I'll list out like, what are all the commitments that I have right now? And then I'll categorize them. These are the ones that I feel God is calling me to continue, um, pouring myself into. And then these are the commitments that I feel like I don't feel called to anymore. And I feel like I need to work on taking those out of my life. Um, and then there might be some things on my heart that I feel like I need to add. And if I already have a full plate, I need to figure out, is that what God is actually calling me to? And then I can just spend some time praying about it. But when I write it down, I can see it on paper. I can conceptualize better and I can, um, really just spend time in prayer, seeing what commitments God wants me to keep, what ones he wants me to take out. And, and that tends to be really helpful for me. Awesome. Yeah. You know, you are speaking to me as well so strongly. That quote of Mother Teresa's was beautiful. I have so many ideas. I'm going to start introducing challenges in uh, 2020 where every three months, you know, you can have a discernment challenge of seven days where, you know, I provide materials to people to help them discern a decision or, you know, a body image one. Like there's so many ideas and creative explosions going off in my brain. Um, But what's in front of me right this minute is that the kids need breakfast and Mm -hmm. a diaper change needs to happen and they want me to play with them. And so I, I would say this is like a daily sacrifice for me is sort of taking care of those things. I love playing with my children and I I really love spending time with them. But when it's, when the fussing starts and my mind starts to stray towards other things, I'm like, you know, really wish I could be doing this right now. It's so hard to reel myself. in. so you totally are speaking to me as well. Um, And I, I, it's clear from watching your YouTube channel that you have a very strong prayer life. Um, You kind of took the audience on a tour of your prayer life and your home, what your bedroom looks like, which was beautiful. (laughs) It's so beautifully decorated. um, Hashtag goals. And I love that you just really surround yourself and immerse yourself in conversation with God and intentionally surrounding yourself with reminders of his love. So how has that sort of building that prayer routine? um, Maybe you could give us a synopsis of it. And then also what does that do for your decision-making to avoid overcommitment? Yeah, I did that video, I think, last year. So I'll probably need to do another one to update it because I'm sure my prayer life looks different from what mm-hmm. it looked like here because things just change as seasons change. Um, right now, I'm in a season of... So for, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm like you, goal-oriented, task-oriented, challenge-oriented. So yes, love um, it. Give me a good list. <laughs> yeah, I need something concrete for myself. So 
um, in October, I focused on doing a daily rosary every day for the month of October. And then for November, I always like to do something daily uh, that has to do with gratitude or Thanksgiving for the month of Thanksgiving. So this month I'm doing um, daily mass, which I have, I have been like in and out of daily mass, being committed to it, being not committed to it at different times in my life, depending on my schedule and um, how available I am. But I've never made a commitment to say, like, I'm going to daily mass every day. This is my commitment um, because God comes first. And my husband goes to daily mass every day without fail for years since years before I met him. And so his uh, inspiration in that and just like the way that he lives that out and puts God first every day has been really encouraging to me. So this month, that's what my prayer life looks like. We my husband and I pray together every evening. So before we go to bed, um, like you were talking about in the video, I kind of gave a tour. We have this wall in our bedroom that has the Sacred Heart. It has um, the Holy Spirit, uh, Blessed Mother, um, St. Michael the Archangel, some other images. And we've kind of added to it since then. It's just really, really beautiful to center ourselves in our room, in our faith, and just get on our knees in prayer and pray together for... Um, Thanksgiving for all the blessings that we have for any intentions that we're praying for and just be together in prayer. I think it's really, really, really important for couples to pray together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then daily mass for me in the morning has been what's that's been my prayer routine right now. And mm-hmm. having all of those reminders around our home uh, of God and his presence in our life has been helpful for me in decision-making because it's just a constant reminder. Everywhere I look, there's either a crucifix or um, the Sacred Heart or some other image that's constantly drawing back into His love and His presence that's always there with us. Mm-hmm. And so if I find myself like laying in bed stressing over a decision or an argument that we had or something is going on internally and there's some kind of tension, I glance around, I see all those things, and it reminds me to just pray, like just bring it to the Lord. Um, and the second that I do that, the second that I turn towards him in prayer, I'm overwhelmed with peace. I'm reminded how simple things need to be. I don't mm. need to overthink this. Like all that matters is God's love for me, my love for him, and that everything is flowing out of that. Yes. So yes. decisions become easier and the noise starts to fall away when I have all of these reminders of God's presence is the only thing that matters. The, the goal is heaven. So that's where my focus needs to be. And these other things are, they're benefits, they're added, they could be distractions, they could take away from that. But, um, but if that's what I'm focused on, those, those reminders help with that. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that the, the routine of prayer helps too for me because I'm task oriented. If I don't have a routine with it, it's probably not going to happen. Um, and so it's, it's easy because then I can, I say, okay, every evening when we get together to pray, I'm bringing all of my decisions, all of my husband's decisions. We're asking God for guidance, um, asking mm-hmm. him to lead us in what we should be saying yes to what we should be saying no to. Mm-hmm. And then, and then we just go on and pursue the things that we feel that he is calling us to in that moment. So. Totally. Yeah, I think it's helpful to I, have all around. Absolutely. Yeah. And you touched on a really good point about really surrendering yourself to God's will and turning to him for every decision. And I find so many times that when I am discerning a project, many times I'm seized with a desire for it. And that desire 
is a good thing. It's not bad, but I'm just like a puppy and I just really, really, really want to do this thing. And at first I kind of become blind to everything else. And I'm like, but we have this idea. This could change the world. This is the thing, you know? And, um, and I think having God as your, um, the person that you turn to and, and being really honest with your husband as well. Um, and I have to do this with myself is remembering and just always calling to mind that really I'm called to be a gift. So even if I feel like I have this great idea, what does God actually think about that? How does that fit into his plan? And God definitely wants you to have the desires of your heart. But I find sometimes that these great ideas are, are not the best ideas necessarily. They just appear to be that way in the moment. And so the constant prayer and the constant conversation with God changes my heart to and orients my heart to him so that if he gives that desire back to me and says, yes, you know, do this thing, then I can move forward with so much more peace. Um, yeah. Yeah. So you work with married couples and that must be such a beneficial, beautiful thing for your marriage. So um, what do you see as the greatest struggles for married people trying to prioritize the right things? Cause we've got a lot of couples who work and they have two incomes, two full-time jobs. Um, you know, I just know in my life, like my husband is the primary breadwinner, but we have children and that always is, that's more than a full-time job. <laughs> so um, what do you see as the kind of biggest struggles for married people to prioritize the right things and in your counseling solutions, you know, what do you, what do you guide them to? Yeah, this is such a good question. And I think your question actually answers its own question. Um, I was just talking to somebody about this the other day and they were asking me, you know, when you work with couples, what are the main issues that come up? And there's so many issues that couples come in with um, it could be betrayal or infidelity, or it could be a lack of trust or communication issues or unclear roles and expectations. Um, but deeper than all that, if when like as we unravel and unwrap what what's going on for them, a lot of it and so much of it has to do with the priorities being out of order mm. and that that they're not prioritizing the right thing, which if you're married would be the marriage. Um, mm -hmm. if you're married and you feel called to something and that something is going to create an issue for your marriage, then you need to say no to that. Mm -hmm. Um, like assuming we're talking about healthy relationships, there's no manipulation, there's no abuse or anything like that. But in a, in a healthy relationship, your marriage should be the priority. So if we're called to something, it should only, um, like increase the good in our marriage because that that's our vocation and that's mm -hmm. our path to heaven. And so another calling that's from God is not going to take away from that and it shouldn't. So um, yeah, if there's mm -hmm. any conflict with that, that needs to be looked at especially. And it's easy when there's other good things like children, children are good things um, and they're amazing and they're a gift from God, but they shouldn't take priority over the marriage. Then the children are going to suffer and the marriage is going to suffer. Um, and the same with work. Work is good. Work is a gift from God. And a lot of times it provides for the family, for the marriage. But if work is prioritized over the marriage, then there's going to be issues in the marriage. Then there's going to be issues with work and there's going to be issues in all of those areas. So I think mm -hmm. Like the, the issue of prioritizing the marriage tends to be a really great struggle for so many couples because mm. either they have, haven't heard or known that marriage should be um, like number one under God. God is first, marriage is second. That needs to be the, the priority. Um, mm. And then everything else comes from that and should be upholding that, but nothing should be interfering with that. And if it is, 
then that's something that we need to look at. Like, how do we make sure that we're on the same page as a couple, um, working together for the good of our marriage and our family, and these other things aren't interfering with that, but they're just enhancing it. Hey, y'all. I wanted to take a quick time out to tell you about today's episode sponsor, Delfina Rose Art. Artist Rebecca Gojinska creates original Catholic art in an illustrative watercolor style. I absolutely love her detailed coloring pages, which make great gifts for the kids or adults in your life who love to color. They'd actually be really great to color and pray with and meditate with. Delfina Rose Art also features breathtaking prints by Rebecca in vibrant color. Much of it is inspired by the old masters and even some by J.R.R. Tolkien. You'll be sure to find something for a friend or a loved one or yourself for any occasion. Check out DelfinaRoseArt.com, spelled D-E-L-P-H-I-N-A-R-O-S-E-Art.com, all one word. And I'm thrilled to share with you, my listeners, that you'll score 10% off your first order using the code CALLED at checkout. Rebecca is hosting a Christmas coloring contest right now until January 13th, so be sure to go to DelfinaRoseArt.com and sign up for her newsletter to get the free coloring page so your whole family can enter the coloring contest. Today's episode is also sponsored by Serving the Aged Lovingly Today Mission Program, abbreviated SALT. If you are a single young woman ages 18 through 40, or if you have any in your life, I'm asking you to consider joining SALT for a week of service to the elderly alongside the Carmelite Sisters for the Aged and Infirm. I built this program with the sisters, and I believe 100% in its ability to help you discern your callings. This year, there are opportunities to serve in Columbus, Ohio, and in Dublin, Ireland. Both locations are a beautiful setting in which to serve, and you'll leave feeling spiritually recharged with relationships and lessons that will last a lifetime. SALT is free of charge. It costs you nothing except travel expenses. This is an absolutely incredible opportunity to gain the immeasurable satisfaction of serving others while also discerning your vocation or another life choice. I have seen lives changed and hearts moved during SALT, and I want every available young woman to experience this joy that comes from building relationships with the people you serve. Visit carmelitesisters.com slash SALT dash program for more information and to apply or click on the link in the show notes. And now back to my episode with Melissa. Definitely ties into a conversation my husband and I were having where, um, <laughs> this is just very recent. Oh man. Uh, this is, yeah. I mean, this is real. I was talking about something that I felt really called to a project I felt really called to. And, um, my husband was sort of, um, he was like, you know, I just, um, I, I am not sure that you're being called to it right now. Cause I think you're too busy. And I was like, well, but I think that, you know, I think this is a call from God. And he's like, well, I don't think that God would call you to something if I didn't want you to do it. And so we had a whole long conversation about, about that whole thing. And I think a lot of what it came down to for us was realizing that I needed to step out and trust and trust that his, you know, that, that he's not going to say no to something just because he doesn't want me to do it. But if he truly sees that it's for the good of our family. And I think also we kind of realized that we need to uh, work on forming a common vision together so that we do sort of build up that trust with each other of if, if one of us wants the other to let go of a project, 
that it's going to be, that we're going to trust that it's for the sake of this greater mission. And it was good to actually get to the level of this is how this makes me feel when you do this. So the issue was almost not even the issue. The issue, the issue is never the issue. Um, (laughs) I think it's really important for spouses to be able to say to each other, like, I know you're excited about this, but I actually like think that's going to interfere with something about us. Even if it's just like, we only have two hours together in the evening after work and this is going to take away from that. I don't think that's going to be good for us because then what time are we going to have together? Um, and, and that's going to look different, but that's just an example. And so then it's important for this person who has this like really exciting call or dream or feeling about something to be able to say like, I'm excited about this but I'm more excited about my marriage. I'm more excited about Mm. having a healthy, holy, fruitful marriage because that is such a gift. And that's where all of these blessings are going to flow from um, as a married couple. And so we have to be able to be humble and to be able to listen to our spouse and know that they have our best interests at heart and they're not trying to restrict us and not allow us to do fun things. Um, but they, they want the best for our marriage. And sometimes that looks like saying no to something that we think is good. And in, if it's a call from God, then there will be a good time for it to happen, but it just might not be right now. So I think both sides of that are important and it's important to have those difficult conversations and to be able to listen to each other and yield to each other and understand that like we're both on the same page that marriage is the priority. And so that has to come first and we have to decide together, is this going to be helpful or harmful to our marriage? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really, really good. Do you mind if I ask just in your own work and your own life, um, do you have like a certain number of minimum evenings that you want to spend together um, that you put boundaries around your time for, or do you, re- do you see other couples like, is it an individual thing where it's like, oh, we just have Sunday afternoons and that fuels us just fine. Or we have every night together for three hours or something like that. It definitely depends on the couple. So I wouldn't put a specific number or anything on it. Um, I think that at minimum, there needs to be one time a week where a couple is setting aside time to be with each other. Um, Hopefully that can be every day. Like even if it's five, 10, 20 minutes, but at minimum, like I know, you know, families get busy. If you have a lot of kids at minimum, there needs to be one time a week where a couple can come together. And like, this is our time to have conversations, to have intimacy, like to be together. Um, because otherwise life can get away from you and other things that need your attention, like children and taking care of a home and work and all these things can like, even if in your mind, marriage is the priority, those things can all take over. So there has to be time that's set aside. That's intentional. That's like, this is our time together. Mm -hmm. Um, Praying together before going to bed is a great way of like, or when you wake up in the morning, like however you can make it work. But um, that gives you like, okay, so we're going to have this time together. If nothing else that day, that's our Mm -hmm. time. One thing, this is just like a really recent example. I think it was last week. we have my my evenings are special to me because the example that I use is like oh if you only have two hours in the evening you need to protect that that's how I feel we my husband and I spend pretty much all weekends together and we do weekend activities together and spend time with family and go to the beach and things like that um, but during the week we're busy with other things activities we have small groups and you know just all kinds of other things going on and 
So, and we don't have children yet. So we have that like extra time, but there's never enough time when you're in college. There's not enough time when you're newlyweds. There's not enough time when you have kids. There's not enough time. You have to make time. You have to make time for what's important and what you're prioritizing. So, um, so last week I had an evening. Usually I work in the evenings because as a therapist, um, my clients want to come in after school, after work. So I have to be flexible with their schedules too. So I work, um, usually I get home around seven thirty. So the time after that is special to me because that's the time that mm-hmm. I'm spending with my husband. And sometimes I have workshops in the evenings or other events that I'm putting on. And so those are exceptions. But last week I got invited to an event, um, in the evening and it seemed like a great event and it probably would have been helpful for me. But that morning, my husband had made a comment like, Um, We always talk about in the morning, what time are we getting home today and what's the plan and things like that. So he asked me what time I was getting home. I said, oh, I'm actually getting home, I think around five or six today. So, and he was like, oh my gosh, yay, you can make dinner today. Like I can actually rest. And I was like, yeah, it's great. Like I'm going to be home and I'm going to take over and you just rest. And, And he was excited for that. And so then when this event came up, like, oh, there's this thing happening tonight, you should go to it. My first reaction was like, that would be good and, and probably helpful, but um, but I have to protect this time that I'm spending with my husband. And tonight is the only night that I'm getting home a little bit early. And I want to serve him. I want to make dinner for him. I want to give him the opportunity to rest. And so that was a boundary that I put around my time for that day. And it wasn't something that I even needed to discuss with him or um, to let him know about because it was just, for me, it was important to go home and spend time with him that evening. Mm -hmm. So I said no easily to this other thing that was good because there was something better. So I think that we need to look at that. Like just because something's good doesn't mean that you need to do it. Um, But we have to see like, what is the best thing that I should be doing right now in this moment and where are my priorities and what, uh, what calls do I need to protect? I need to protect the call to marriage and make sure that that's a priority. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, you're totally right. in all of that, I think I was, as you were talking, I was like, yes, 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 yes to everything. And I was kind of thinking a little bit back to my single life as well, which, um, for those who listen to the show regularly, they know that I lived in New York city and I was miss social, um, because I had my acting community, um, and I had my Catholic community and there were Catholic young adult events every single night of the week. I could have gone out to dinner and dancing or whatever, every single night of the week, masked with Cardinal mm-hmm. Dolan, whatever. And, um, there was so much there. And I think that because I didn't have my vocational constraints, I didn't have someone waiting for me to come home and make dinner. There wasn't a specific reason to say no to different events. But at the same time, I really kind of felt run ragged as though I had to sort of, um, I didn't have a reason for saying no. And the idea of like staying home with a good book and, you know, just going to quiet adoration or just felt like a really lame thing to say yes to as opposed to this or that glitzy party. So um, as a single person, when you don't have those vocational commitments, I think it seems to me the word that's coming to me is um, self-knowledge. How can you gain that sort of self-knowledge so that you know when you're just overcommitting yourself and blocking out the ability for God to speak to you as a single person? I think what you said about when you're single and, and you don't have a time constraint of like needing to get home to a husband, that's a really important point because when you're single, you might not have that, but you have the time that we need to be resting to 
um, like rejuvenate ourselves, the time that we need to be spending with God. And that's really easy to push off and like, oh, but I have all these other commitments. And so maybe my time with God is not um, at the forefront and, and it should be. God should always be the top priority, even mm-hmm. in marriage, it needs to be coming before marriage. So for those who are still single, that's really important. If we feel like we don't have time for prayer, we don't have time for mass, we don't have time to rest, that's an issue. Um, mm-hmm. And we need to look at our commitments and see what we need to take off of our schedule in order to create the time for that, because that should always be coming first. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess with, with self-knowledge and knowing ourselves, one thing to ask ourselves, I mean, one thing is just spending time in prayer and asking God to reveal to us, like, who is it that you created me to be? Who am I? What is my purpose? What, it, what is it that you want to do with my life? How can I be an instrument that, that you're going to use for good? Um, And when we have that disposition of just like wanting to know from God who he created us to be, he'll reveal to us. Um, And a lot of that can be shown in like, what are the desires of our heart? What do we feel is good? Because I said earlier, just because something's good doesn't mean that we should do it. But also like everything good comes from God, but it's just that we can't do everything. So it's the same way that just because I, you know, someone is a single Catholic woman and she meets a single Catholic man, they could both be good, but that doesn't mean that they are called to marry each other. Yes. Um, Right. So we have to be able to differentiate between like, this is something good or like, this is something good that I am called to because of who I am and who God created me to be. So I think as we spend time in prayer and um, spiritual direction can be helpful with that. Mm-hmm. And as we get to know God and we allow him to reveal ourselves to us, um, we learn more about what it is that, like, what are the things that I'm passionate about? What do I get excited about? Um, what do I constantly think about? Those kind of things that, that, and sometimes they're so deep that we don't even realize. There's been multiple times in my life where, I've had such a deep desire for something, but it's so deep. And I think maybe that it's like in my head, I think it's unrealistic or I think that's crazy or I don't know. I have these thoughts where it's so deep that I just kind of like leave it there and maybe I pray with it, but then God brings it up somehow where um, he just makes things happen because he knows this is a desire that he put in my heart. This is something that he created me for. And so he's going to put in my path a way for me to choose to follow that. Yes. Does that answer your question? I think it does. Lots of good stuff in there. Um, I was, as you were talking as well, something just popped into my head, which um, I didn't see at the time when I was single. This is just in addition to what you said, but I had such a gift of time when I was single and prioritizing rest and prioritizing time with God Yes, absolutely do those things. But also, I didn't really have in my consciousness that I should prioritize people. Mm. Um, And now that I'm a mom, it puts me in sometimes more of a place of vulnerability where my time is more limited. I need help. Like if I'm going to go, if if there's something that I need to do, I need somebody to watch my kids for me sometimes. And, you know, having people who are, who make themselves available. And it's not like people have to be giving me their time all the time, but it's just, um, we're supposed to operate as a society with dependency on one another. And I think when I was a single person and I was scheduling myself within an inch of my life, 
keeping those social commitments felt like the most important thing to me. And now that I'm kind of seeing the different side of the coin, there is a greater need for everyone to pitch in for each other. And I, I think whatever way you're going to choose to give of yourself, like it's so important to prioritize people, whether that's just leaving wiggles, wiggle room in your schedule to, you know, in case somebody does need help, or whether that's being okay with saying no to a social commitment in order to help people when they ask you. Um, because I, I find myself thinking too, I'm like, well, I could ask this person if they could babysit, but the past Two times when I've asked them, they haven't been available and they've kind of made it clear that they don't really want to be. So if you make yourself available as a person not to be taken advantage of, but someone who serves and someone who is willing to prioritize real needs of other people, I think that's going to also lead to a really, you know, just a greater fulfillment. And and I know like it's hard to, like that sounds kind of nebulous. It's going to look different for everyone, but far and away, the most the most satisfaction I ever got from my single life was discerning religious life and the times when I went on service trips. Um, I, I took some weeks away and I, I just decided to help serve others. And those experiences were so transformative for me. So just to add to what you're saying, prioritizing people, whatever that means in your life, if that's volunteering somewhere or just like thinking, oh, you know, I should offer to help that lady who lives in the apartment downstairs who has trouble, I can offer to pick up groceries for her or something. And it's those little things that um, when people take initiative to do those, I think, I think that really prepares you for whatever your vocation is if you're single, because that's what you're called to be is a gift. And so you don't have to wait until you are in your vocation to start living that out. I think God is calling you to that already. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's just to add to all the good things you said. Um, let's talk about putting boundaries around your time. <laughs> so we've kind of touched on this already. Like you mentioned, your your marriage is a big, you know, that God, then your marriage. Um, short of your vocation, like how do you decide to put boundaries around your time and just how do you decide when enough is enough for a new, like let's say a new project comes across your, floats across your consciousness and you're like, no, not going to happen. How, do, how does that process look for you? I think um, first, like maybe asking yourself some questions, is this good? And like, if we're discerning something, then it's probably something that's good. Otherwise, it might be a more clear answer of no. Um, Mm -hmm. But first, is it good? Because I might be thinking about doing something that's not actually good, or it's not going to be healthy or good for me or my family. Um, So is this good? Does it bring me peace? I think peace for me is is the biggest, one of the biggest things. Um, Is this something that brings peace or does it bring uh, stress, anxiety, tension? Um, Does this help me become a better version of myself? Does this help me become more fully alive? Um, And then does this take away something from something I know that God is calling me to? So could be marriage or it could be something else. Like it could be um, something that you have that's major when you were on that, uh, the show that you were filming, like that's something that was taking up a lot of your time, I would imagine. And so when that's a priority, you may look at something else and see like, well, that's something good, but that would take away from me being present to this other thing that I have going on already. And so this thing I might be called to it, but it just might not be right now. Mm -hmm. Um, So looking at this new opportunity or new um, commitment in light of what we already have going on and seeing how it impacts that, I think is important. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then with boundaries, the same way that I'm a list person, I'm also a schedules person. So mm-hmm. um, for me, like scheduling thing, so scheduling everything is is important, and that helps create boundaries. Where if I say, okay, I am going to take on this new commitment, however, it's only going to have this part of my day or it's only going to have two hours of my week and it's not something that I'm going to spend all of my time on and that way I can I can prioritize it as maybe something less important but something that I do feel called to participate in mm-hmm. um yeah so schedule scheduling helps me with that but I think just going through the process of like is it good does it bring me peace does it help me become fully alive and what impact does it have on my other commitments and callings can really help like shift through is this something that I should be considering or not and then talking to people who have your best interest in mind talking to people who give you good holy counsel um, Mm -hmm. who know you and know what your desires are for your life can be really helpful too yeah and it's incredibly empowering to say no to something when you have that assurance that it's for the best because I I definitely I see the the hustle culture around us. And there's this idea that we should just be working 24 seven and it's just not true. We have to put boundaries around our time and we have to preserve the rest and the um, rejuvenation. Yeah. It, Cause nobody can be productive 24 seven. That's God's job. <laughs> He's the only one. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, as I've, I've learned to develop this in myself, but I really had a fear of saying no many times. Many, many times. So how do you, um, it's hard. And so how do you go about saying no? Yeah, I think for a long time, I've already talked about FOMO, fear of missing out. And and that's a real thing. I have had FOMO for sure. Um, But I love that now, like, I feel society is more aware of this. And they've started talking about the joy of missing out. And there is such a great joy of missing out. Um, And I think like, For me, it can be hard to say no, but when we reframe what saying no actually means, that helps so much because when we say yes to everything, we're really saying no to so much. When we say yes to everything, we're saying no to to ourselves. We're saying no to quality time with loved ones. We're saying no to rest. We're saying no to peace. We're saying no to something more important that God has called us to focus on. Mm -hmm. And so when we say no to something, we're actually saying a greater yes, um, which I think is really empowering. So when we say, when we say no to people, we're saying yes to rest. We're saying yes to peace. We're saying yes to focus on our true calling. We're saying yes to God. Ultimately, when we say no to these things that are lesser that we're not actually called to. Um, so there's a great joy when we're able to see saying no this way. And it's not just saying no to something good. The end it's, it's really like no is saying yes to something greater and more valuable. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yes, you are so right. (laughs) I just want that tattooed on my face or something. (laughs) It's It's so true. Like when you say yes to everything you're saying, you're spreading yourself too thin. It's just, you can't do it. Yeah. I love it. Um, so yeah, this is, and, and I think that speaks so well is also to when you're trying to start something new or you're a self-starter or you have the kind of job where you're expected to be constantly available 
And, you know, you just have to draw those boundaries. And if your boss isn't okay with you drawing those boundaries, then look for a new job. (laughs) Um, Because everyone really deserves those. And you and I spoke a little bit before we started recording about how hard it is sometimes to put down your work when you work from home. And I definitely experienced that um, where I'm on my phone and I'm like, oh, but I have to do, I I was going to put this thing in my Instagram story. I got to do that. You know, and then as a result of me being less present, the children start to get really fussy and they start fighting with each other, you know, and and I have to have a reality check with myself of, okay, I'm saying yes, trying to say yes to two things at the same time and it's not working. I have to choose one and the choice is clear. It has to be my children. So you're, yeah, you're totally right. I love it. Um, Thank you so much for all of these beautiful insights you've given us. I think this is going to be so helpful because we definitely have this struggle in our culture. So um, I appreciate it. I think um, you're just a fantastic person to know, and it's really a privilege um, getting to know your work. So keep it up, Miss Melissa. Thank you so much. I am so grateful that you chose to spend some time having coffee with me today to discern your callings from God. Please know of my prayers for you, my listeners. And if you have a little moment in the next two weeks, would you consider writing an iTunes review for Called and Caffeinated? It really helps the show get seen. And let's be honest, when I look at new podcasts, one of the first things I look at is how many reviews it has, just to see how popular is this podcast. As you know, I put my heart and soul into Called and Caffeinated, and I would love if you could help me spread the word. So happy 2020. Can't believe we're entering a new decade. I hope this episode is going to help propel you forward into your best year yet. May God bless you and stick around right after this for the beautiful Sussex Carol to help keep our Christmas celebration going strong. God bless. Which makes the angels sing this night Glory to God